What's going on, everybody? My name is Eric with Alamo City Agenda. How's everybody doing today? Um, good morning on this wonderful Monday morning. It's a little hazy, right? But <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but it's all right. Um, it's just hot and uh, sticky. So <laughs> it, nothing like uh, the last two weeks before, two weeks ago, it was like cold and we don't know what was going on. So, uh, well, and right now, I mean, every other day, right? You're, you're going from uh, 80 and humid to uh, 50 or 60. Right, you know, right? It's, it's, it's like a setup for being sick. <laughs> <laughs> don't jinx it. I, I'm not allowed to be sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> no sickness allowed. Um, so just give it back to the groundhog. <laughs> Who curses with this weather? Um, so uh, thank you for joining, everybody. We are at Two Stuffed Burritos off of, uh, I don't know the address. I forgot. 4939 Northwest Loop 410. Um, so it's over here by, uh, the, if y'all know the old Cinemark by Evers and 410. Um, we're in this area kind of uh, right behind the Chili's. So. Uh, come on by. Uh, they're not serving food. There's nobody here yet. Just us. So uh, me and Dan are going to go back there and make our own burritos. Uh, <laughs> that make a great show, actually. That would be. That, that would, yeah. yeah. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. I'm like, hey, can we? Uh... <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, how was how was your weekend? I, I know we kind of talked, but, you know, how was your weekend? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, candidates don't really get weekends. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> Don't lie. <not> to say. <laughs> no, we, um, so the, there was some, uh, some good block walking, um, had some good block walking, um, met with a number of constituents out in the field and, uh, went to a couple of events, but, uh, uh on and off Fred was uh, really good. I didn't get to do as much of it as I would have liked, but, uh, uh, shout out to Beal house. Um, I had a chance to, uh, meet up with Micah and his group and uh, hear about the work they're doing over there as part of that uh event and uh it's yeah it's it's a great way to highlight some of the culture we've got in the city and uh it was a fun chance to uh mingle with some people and also experience some culture and have a little bit of fun in the process yeah can you give us an idea what happened like what what y'all did sure so i mean beale house is a um 501c3 nonprofit that focuses on art programs that help uh Mm. seniors and veterans um, heal um, and uh, stay mentally uh, taught, right? Um, enable them to continue to think creatively and everything else. Um, so the program specifically focused on marrying the health aspects and the art aspects of their programs. And so they're um, kind of in a reimagining stage. Mike had just took on the role as the head of that organization mm-hmm. a few months ago. And so kind of figuring out where they want to take the organization going forward. But it's yeah. a fantastic program they got out there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's always a weird thing like rebranding or re, you know, reimagining yourself. Yes. <laughs> have, have you felt like you had to reimagine yourself at all or? Yeah. Oh, every day. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, and I think anyone who seeks to represent any amount of constituency has to be open to continual reimagining, right? As, as your constituency's needs and focus change, you need to be open to changing as well and adapting to make sure that you are amplifying the needs of the folks that you're supposed to be representing. Right. Not amplifying the needs for yourself. Like some politicians, uh, you know, up in Washington or wherever, just <laughs> it should always be about the people. <laughs> um, okay, so 
Rosemary uh, says, I'm learning a lot uh, and I'm enjoying your interviews. Thank you. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see if you're interviewed D3 city council candidates. Not yet. Um, I did reach out uh, to the current councilwoman. I uh, haven't heard anything back. So, but uh, there is one that I do want to, uh, has, has reached out. So I will be doing one of those at least. So keep an eye out. Um, Anthony says, uh, good morning. He says, good morning to us. So, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Rosemary says, uh, Catherine Herrera and Becky Reed. So I'm assuming you're tagging them. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Tag everybody. I know Catherine. Hi, Catherine. If you're here. Um, oh yeah. Just tag. Yeah. Tag everybody. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. And April. Yes. April. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my dog. <laughs> so, um, all right. So tell us, so you don't have time on the weekends, but what, what are some hobbies that, that you enjoy? Sure. Um, so running is a, is a big um, activity for me. It lets me kind of clear my head. And uh, so I really enjoy that. I can't run on a treadmill though. It's gotta be outside. I gotta have visual stimulation and uh, just kind of see the community and everything else. Um, I have had some health issues. Um, one of the arches in my feet is uh, going through some problems right now. And so I have not been running as much as I would like, but I actually, um, tested the waters a little, little bit with a, a couple mile run a week or so back and it went pretty good. So I'll probably start ramping up a little more. Um, but in my prime, I was doing um, five miles, maybe three or four times a week. Mm. Um, and I did a marathon and a half marathon back in the day. Which one's been your favorite marathon? Uh, rock and roll. San oh, Antonio's yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've, I've done the, the half marathon and the full marathon I did were both that event. And it's uh, oh, it's such a fun time to just go through the city center and, and see everything and uh, be around all those people. The, the thing that gets me about any of those competitive sorts of races is that you have all this extra motivation from, well, I could just run past this one extra person, right? And then there's always one extra person. <laughs> there's only one, yeah. Because don't worry, I'm never going to be in the front. So it's, uh, there's always the opportunity to be motivated to go just a, a little bit more. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Did you ever... Uh want to do like the disney world one where they they run through disney i would love to i will also say uh in texas the one that's been interesting to me is the marathon to marathon um so it, it's a marathon that ends in marathon texas oh <laughs> nice <laughs> as a, a dad joke and pun lover it's uh <laughs> it's kind of fun yeah we um believe it or not i did do a, a half marathon once um nice. but it was just walking i just walked uh, but we did it so we could raise funds for our adoption. Um, and there's a, a wonderful organization called Chosen um, that that helped us do that. So they they put on a marathon in New Braunfels, right along the river. It was beautiful. Um, not sure if they still do it. I think it's run by somebody else now. But um, yeah. So if you're interested in helping for adoptions or any um, uh, stuff with adoption, um, look for Chosen. So. That's a cool shameless plug. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Anthony, of course, Anthony is <laughs> always chimes in with police reform. Uh, and just so you guys know, uh, we are having Dan back. We did interview him last time. My fault. It was my fault as only. Uh, the audio did not sync up. So if you can hear everything great, um, can you can you hear it correctly? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just. Just want to make sure everything's good because, you know, I don't want to ever waste people's time. Um, 
but I'm, I'm glad you came back. I appreciate it. So no, it's my you. pleasure. Thanks, Eric, for bringing us back. And uh, like I was telling Eric earlier, I was in theater tech in high school and I know uh, <laughs> things happen, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, man, it does it happen. And it's, it's a weird thing because it's all mobile. So we're doing this mobily. Um, you know, we don't have like a computer or anything. So it's just just making sure like I do everything, you know, the way I do it. And it's just you're just hoping that you don't miss a step or you <laughs> So thank you guys for joining. But Anthony says, uh, what is your view on police reform? Uh, Do you support criminal charges against police who violate our rights? Um, Would you suggest a special counsel investigation to police misconduct here in San Antonio? If you want to read it. Yeah, let me, uh, I want to make sure I don't (laughs) miss any of this. Right, right, right. Um, So in regard to criminal charges against police who violate our rights, absolutely. I mean, it's um, it, as with any organization, you have to hold folks accountable for doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Um, and so we can't have a few bad apples giving a bad name to the broader, um, largely very fantastic police force that we have here in San Antonio. And so, yeah, if, you, if you've got someone who's behaving not in accordance with the um, what they're supposed to be doing, then, yeah, we need to hold them accountable. Absolutely, no question. Um, and in terms of the second question, so um, I'm, I don't know that um, I, I would need to do more research on, on the second part of that question in terms of a special counsel investigation into police misconduct. Um, I don't know that I have enough information to speak uh, to that question live here, but I'm happy to dig into it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, Rosemary. Oh, okay. Rosemary's tagging. You were tagging away, Rosemary. Thank you. I awesome, appreciate Rosemary. it. Rosemary. <laughs> get, get them all on here. Get them all on here. Um, and I think, uh, I believe I might be speaking with one of the neighborhood associations down on the south side regarding the podcast. So thank you guys. If you want me to talk to, you, to your organization or whatever about what I do, feel free to reach out. Um, well, I'm going to take that opportunity to plug Brooks here. So as a, oh, yeah, yeah, there you as, go. as a board member for Brooks for years uh, out on the south side of San Antonio, advocating for economic development and lifting up that community. Um, I uh, just want to shout out to that community and uh, all the work they're doing out there. It's um, an amazing effort redeveloping 1300 acres of former Air Force Base into something that can be uh, a positive influence on that community. Yeah. And, and your, your headshot, that was in the hangar, right? It yeah, was in I was the like, hangar. that looks familiar. <laughs> That's impressive. There's not much background there. So you got that. Because <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've seen that place a couple of times. I'm like, okay, all right. That's, that looks familiar. Um, what's, what is your biggest struggle as a resident? And what are residents saying that the biggest struggle is in District 7? Sure. Um, I, I think that overwhelmingly the feedback I'm hearing is that our roads are bad. Um, I don't know if y'all have noticed. Um, that's probably why your foot got messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably that's probably right. Yeah. Um, so we're we're actually very close to Calabria Road where we're sitting right now here at Stuffed, um, which is actually the most dangerous road in the entire city. Uh, Forty-eight out of still the, come out though. Still come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't take Calabria <laughs> yeah. if you can avoid it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Forty-eight out of the seven hundred fatal collisions on San Antonio roads over the last decade were on Calabria Road. Uh, now, obviously, not all of Claber Road is in uh, seven. It actually is yeah. is the border between six and seven at one place. It even goes down all the way to one at one point. Um, so it's a big road, um, but it's a road that is poorly designed. Um, that's a quantified fact based on civil engineering um, standards today. 
and something that San Antonians deserve better. Um, and then you look at the intersection of Bandera Road and Calabria Road, and uh, it's kind of the epicenter. So Vision Zero, the city's Vision Zero organization has a map of all of the collisions that happen throughout San Antonio. Mm. And so you can look and just see Calabria Road lit up if you look at that map um, from collisions, not all fatal, of course, but yeah. all, of, all of those different incidents that are happening on that roadway and um you know we, we deserve better uh the reality is that sort of major roadway reconfiguration would have to be a phased approach we can't just go rip up all of Claybro at one time <laughs> no like not like the city's doing right now <laughs> uh, is we, we, yeah we don't want another st mary's strip <laughs> incident um but we we need to start making tangible moves toward it um so i will use that as a plug to mention uh, my time on the san antonio um bond committee advising on streets bridges and sidewalks where we did um ultimately allocate 18 million dollars to start work on Calabria road it's a pretty isolated section of road and it's not addressing some of the road topology issues that are not in scope for it it's, it's basically addressing really poor surface conditions on a lot of places in that road but it's at least a start to get folks some relief out there what do you think is the problem as far as with getting the funding? Is it just because, I'm going to be frank, I feel like a large issue, like why some of those places don't get funding is because there's, not, there's no voters that come out. There's no pushing of people that are in office that are actually representing those districts to push for funding because nobody comes out anyway. And that's, that's actually been something that has been brought up. So is, is that something that you might see that, that happens like that? I, I certainly would believe that that is part of the problem, yeah. And I mean, it's it, it doesn't help, too, that because the road is, in one case, the border between two districts, mm -hmm. so there's the possibility that neither district is kind of viewing it as their road, right? Um, so that's a challenge. Um, but I think it's also an opportunity because that road touches so many different districts and so many folks from districts that are not even necessarily containing Calabria have residents who are driving that road there. Um, there's the opportunity to build consensus throughout the council that this is something we need to be investing in. I will say too, that the reality is the dollar value for that sort of a project is gonna be in excess of what San Antonio could independently, independently fund. Um, also in excess of what San Antonio plus Bear County could fund is gonna require going after federal dollars. It's going to require going after state dollars to supplement what we're, what we're able to bring locally yeah. um, with, you know, kind of a cost share model, um, which is something I've, I've done extensively over the past decade working over at Southwest Research Institute and, and I'm eager to um, assist city staff in building a plan to get the project shovel ready and then start working um, tangibly on lining up funding so we can get the ball rolling. How are you going to get past the, uh, the politics of everything? Like how are you not, how are you not going to fall victim of the politics arena can you elaborate a little bit well <clears throat> this is your first time running right yeah. so a lot of people that that either their first time running or they haven't been fully in, in, engaged or in, involved in the political process and politics and stuff they go in strong saying well i'm going to make changes things like this but after like a couple of years in, if they are elected, they're just trying to keep their seat, trying to make people happy. And that could let something slip with their moral values or with just in the sense of promises that they kept 
sure. you know, before, like, how, how are you going to combat that to not slip into that? No, absolutely. It's a valid question. Um, so I'm proud to come with many, many years of working within city government um, through my various appointments, right? So I talked about the bond committee um, where I had a chance to work with representation from every council district in the city. Um, I have a close relationship with multiple sitting council members. Um, I have sat on the Brooks Board of Directors. I've sat on the Housing Commission's Renters Solutions Subcommittee. So I've had a chance to become deeply familiar with the different aspects of how the city operates. Um, and so I'm, I'm in a position where I'm going to be able to hit the ground running and um, not hit a lot of those stumbling blocks that others might who haven't had as much experience within the city of San Antonio's organization. Um, and it, to that point, actually, I'll bring up. So we did actually this past weekend, you asked what I was doing this weekend. <laughs> we, uh, we published two um, CCRs, um, Council Consideration Recommendations, um, outlining concrete uh, policy changes that we're recommending one of which is looking to save millions of dollars annually by streamlining how the city interfaces with CPS Energy and with SAWS, um, just by consolidating some of the things that are currently redundant between those organizations and what the city proper is doing. Hmm. Um, another CCR is looking at opportunities to improve how ACS handles um, dog bites. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously a huge topic in the past few months. And council's already taken some action, um, but we feel there's some opportunities to more concretely defined processes that would ensure that when someone is subject to that kind of an incident, they are provided with all of the resources that they need to ensure that that dog owner is held accountable and that the appropriate actions are taken so it doesn't happen to anyone else um, with that same household being the the responsible party. Yeah. Well, because you're a dog owner, right? I am. And you, and so you have it from a different lens of, okay, well, I am the dog owner. Not to say that your dogs would do that, but I'm just saying, like, you, you would think of, like, okay, well, what would, what would I need to be responsible for? Right. And and I think in, in speaking with numerous animal advocates throughout the district since this began, um, and thank you all those who've reached out. Um, it, it's clear, right? That it's not the dog's fault, right? Um, in nearly every incident, there is a. Um, fundamental issue with how the owner is um, raising that dog in ways that are conducive to creating violent outcomes. I don't care whether it's a pit bull or a poodle or a chihuahua. Chihuahuas uh, are the dangerous. I'm not going <laughs> to mean that. That's, that's valid. They, they just might be evil. They, they're like the cats of the dog. <laughs> um, but, but it comes down to generally the humans are at fault. Yeah. And we need to make sure we're holding those humans accountable. Yeah. It's uh, you're teaching the parent, not the uh, the kid. I don't know because it's it's kind of the same aspect of with with children as well. You're you're teaching like let's say if they have a speech impairment or something, should be whoever's working with that child teaching the child. Yes, it for some aspect aspect, but it's also showing it to the actual the, the adult because mm-hmm. um, you're the. Dogs can't talk, so you know. I, wish. That would be so I know, cool. right? Like they have a little. Hey, what's going on, Dad? How are you? What, what would your dogs? What would your dog sound like? I, I'm pretty sure, based on the fact that he follows me like a shadow, he'd be just telling me how much he loves me nonstop. It'd get kind of annoying, I think. What would his sweaty sound like? <laughs> Hello, Dad. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> 
<laughs> mine uh my dog she she acts like a cat um she just sleeps all day i forget she's leaving there sometimes or that i lock, don't lock her up or don't lock her up and i'm like where'd you come from <laughs> you know uh yes what, what, what would my dog sound like I would want it to sound like what I was saying, like, hello, how are you? <laughs> like, just follow you around. <laughs> with, with a British accent, right? I think so. Yeah. Kind of like a haunted yeah. mansion type of thing. Yeah, I'm, I like it. I'm about it. <laughs> it would creep me out, though. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, uh, what's your favorite small business? I know you said last time, uh, Mario Barista. So I've got two answers for okay, you, all right, um, for different reasons. So uh, the donut shop clearly has got to mm. be one of them, right? I mean, what's more San Antonio than having a donut shop that's known for uh, tacos? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then uh, Barrio Barista is also great. Gilbert's been a great friend to me over the years, the owner out there, and uh, I appreciate all his support and uh, guidance over the years. He's an amazing asset to this community. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, not that anybody asked, but my favorite uh, – is I can't, and I don't know, uh, stuffed, (laughs) 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 no, stuffed, uh, and, uh, Jefferson's bodega. Luke is the man. Um, he does so much for the community. Have you ever met Luke? I haven't had a chance yet. No. They're awesome. Uh, well in that, because they've held several events there. They did one recently during the, the Asian, um, I mean, I, I mess it up. I don't know. I forget what the the what it was called. It was a celebration for Asian heritage. I don't know if it was a. It wasn't the Asian New Year. I'm sorry. I'm gonna mess that one up. But they were celebrating, um, and people were upset because they were they closed down that street in front of the bodega, just that that portion. And it was obviously parking was was a big issue. How will you handle it? Because I know you're going to get calls for situations like that. Um, it's been it's been always chill there, uh, especially when they have a big event like that. But how are you going to navigate that? Sure. I mean, we've over the years seen a number of different instances like this where you have a hot spot of businesses line up particularly businesses that draw later night audiences right so you think about saint mary's strip you think about a number of these other ones and inevitably there's um folks that are um not happy because there's people there that weren't there before right um and then not in my town exactly exactly (laughs) Um, ultimately i think you have to find a way to balance what both sides are trying to get because you, you need these businesses um you need these attractions and they're going to be adjacent to residences right uh, just because of the way the city's laid out that's that's an inevitability in most cases yeah. um, and so finding ways to balance it and create policies that allow the businesses to have the flexibility they need to thrive but also create policies that um avoid some of the negative uh, mm. impacts that uh, residences might experience. Yeah. Um, I, it's not a cookie cutter one size fits all. Thing. No. Yeah. It's, it's going to come down to what's central to really everything um, of effective governance, which is uh, community engagement, right? Yeah. You need to be sitting down with the neighborhoods. You need to be sitting down with the businesses. You need to be sitting down with everyone and crafting policy that is appropriate to 
as best you can address the needs of everyone. You're not going to, I don't think you're really ever going to create a solution that everyone's 100% happy with. No, yeah. Um, but you can create a, a solution that is 100% influenced by the needs of everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, you know, that you have people that are upset. And they, they were upset when we were doing the food box drives there. Um, they're like, what's going on? And they're like, well, we're just giving food out. How long is it going to be? You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating, you know. Uh, but then on one hand, it was, it was, it was a crazy story because we were on a, a walkie-talkie and I was relaying back at the bodega. I was like, hey, yeah, we're over here. It was almost going towards like, we're along the lake. Um, and we're going and uh, there was a cop there and I was like hey um, is it okay if everybody's here he's like oh yeah um, we're just waiting on a drug bust right down the street like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> so you know <laughs> it's crazy crazy times um, <laughs> Uh, Rosemary says secret life of pets. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I think I would really be set on the haunted mansion type of voice. Like, hello, hello, Eric. <laughs> or like, uh, ever seen, uh, I love you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Veronica uh, says the coffee cup co. Have you ever been there? I tried to go once and they were not open. Um, oh. So I've, I have, I'm aware of them have tried to go there. Cause I, so as a matter of policy for all of our campaign meetings, we try and go to small businesses in the community. Um, and so uh, Barrio Barista is a mm. regular haunt. Um, Panaderia Jimenez is another one. Um, technically outside of the district. I think it's uh, in oh. one, but it's right on the border. Um, but it, as much as we can, we, we take all of our meetings, little coffee shops or things like that. Um, and so Coffee Cup Co. was one of the things that we targeted and then ended up not being able to go just because the hours yeah. so didn't line up. But. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's always good to support small businesses. And that's the only reason why we do it at locations like these because support small business. Um, it's like a two for one, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Rosemary, you are you are. You're my new favorite person. She's a rock she, star. She is I mean, like tagging everybody. I appreciate uh, yeah. it. You just, um, because it, all this is organic, you know, and, and fortunately sometimes you get people, you don't get people, you know, it's just like, it's frustrating, <laughs> but thank you. Um, the baseball venue downtown, what are your thoughts on it? Um, are you for against, against it? So I, I think that growth in San Antonio has quite clearly outpaced the infrastructure that we need, right? Um, we talked about roads and, and where they're at. Um, based on the last numbers I heard from city staff, our infrastructure deficit in the city is uh, north of uh, $5 billion in terms of work that needs to happen to get us just back up to decent. In the black. In the black. <laughs> um, and so I'm 100% for economic development and bringing in businesses, bringing in especially businesses that create um, quality jobs, right? High paying jobs that are um, going to be of value to the communities here. But we definitely need to balance that and, and kind of moderate that with um, making sure that we're investing the appropriate amount to make sure that the infrastructure is sufficient, right? Let's think about Bandera Road where we've got so much just astronomical growth in the northern portion of the district 
that's shoving huge volumes of vehicles on that road that's i think now at about four times the volume that a road of that size and configuration is meant to accommodate mm. and so you think about that and and what we probably should have done a few decades ago to not get in a situation to where now we've got infrastructure that's a drag on the economy so we're we're spending all this effort to bring in things and then at the same time we've got infrastructure that's deteriorating the value of what we brought yeah. in and so i, th I think we need to be careful. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you look at you look at what our previous assets are: the Spurs, the missions, the the admissions for those, and the um, the amount of attendance on those are, are dwindling. And we don't have a good track record of attracting or keeping teams other than the Spurs. The Spurs have been here, and I know the missions have been here too, but. To me, with all the talks of Spurs going to Austin, there's, there are talks. There are a lot of talks about it, and um, it's kind of it's kind of it's it sucks. And then, but this whole baseball thing looming over, it's like, what is that going to do if people aren't calling, showing up? They're not coming over here. Like, <laughs> we're trying to attract people. We're trying to attract teams, but at what cost to the people? Right. So, right. Um. Yeah, I, I think we need to be very intentional about where our priorities are as a city and um, pursue opportunities that are additive to that broader goal. Do you think our priorities right now are on par or like on point or there's a lot of room <laughs> to fix? I, I think on average, there's a lot of chasing shiny things and not a lot of focus on the... Um, meat and potatoes that we need, the roads, the drainage, the stuff that's not sexy, right? It's not something that everyone's like, oh, that would be amazing if we had it, but it's the stuff that impacts every single San Antonio every single day. And it's the stuff that if we address it the way that we're now addressing the lack of a reasonable airport for the seventh largest city in this nation, which <laughs> I think is a great investment, yeah. um, by investing in those infrastructure needs, we can spend less money on tax incentives and other stuff because we will have a more attractive place for people to go of their own volition without us having to bribe them to come in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so I think it's we need to flip how we think about things and certainly drive economic development, but in a, a way that is serving the folks who are already here as well as the folks that are coming in. Yeah, and not be so reactive to things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know what is sexy? This show and these two guys right here. So <laughs> you're certainly sexy, Eric. No, you know. <laughs> and uh, we got Chan in the house. Chan, what's going on, brother? <laughs> uh, you want to just say something real quick? Come on, you done it on KSET. Come on. Uh, no, you're not shy. You are the least shy person in this room uh, we have chan with the uh, owner uh, co-owner of two stuffed uh, and another handsome fellow uh, dimitri right uh dimitri hi guys promo okay well great where, where am i looking at about here, here. oh okay cool um so we're located on 4939 northwest loop 410 if you're looking for a california burrito we are the spot um, we heard we have the best in town. I'm not saying it. We've heard it, you know? <laughs> so if you guys want to come check it out, oh, try our queso too. 
Thank you so much, guys. And, and, oh. and the Philly cheese. Oh, Philly steak egg rolls. We make those every day. Um, they sell out really quick. So And happy hour from 3 to 7. Yes. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and they have a full bar, I'm just saying. And a full bar. Yeah. <laughs> and they always play some 90s hip-hop R&B. Um, I get easily transported back to my younger days. And uh, I forget where I'm at. So <laughs> So now we know where to find Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Rosemary says, how many D3 city council candidates have you interviewed? Uh, I'm a, I haven't interviewed any D3 candidates yet. Um, I am planning on doing that. And I, uh, I will be, I have a spot picked out. It's at the Stinson Airport. So we will have the airplanes in the background. That's just my vision. I'm like, oh, that's so cool to have the airplanes in the background because I love planes and I love flying. So that's a um, cool venue. Yeah. I know it's not in seven, but I kind of wish know. we had that venue. <laughs> I know. <cool>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. So hopefully we'll be down there soon. Um, Rosemary says, I know the D3 incumbent, but know nothing of the other candidates. Yeah. Uh, and then thank you for doing these interviews because I traveled to and through all city council districts. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for watching and thank you for sharing um, and just being engaged. So, uh, and either way though, even if this isn't in your district, it still will affect the city council race. So, you know, you might know somebody in district seven, you might have a business in district seven as well. So you just never know. Um, well, and to that point, mm -hmm. I think what, what I often tell folks as I'm walking around talking about the race and everything else is that when you're electing a council person, regardless of the district, we are all meant to be advocating for San Antonio, right? Yeah. Through the lens of whatever district has elected you, right? But at the end of the day, what impacts seven also impacts six, also impacts five, also impacts eight, also impacts one, also impacts the rest of the city, right? It's not like um, everything stops at the border and, and just suddenly is very different, right? Most of the policies council is considering impacts the whole city. Yeah, and so you you want someone who is is focused on improving your community through a acknowledgement of the broader community that exists around it. Yeah, you're not going to be like, mm, no, that's across the uh, border. There, I'm not going to go that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on uh, utility dis disconnections and the the CPS rate hike? Sure. Um, so I, I'm proud to say that uh, within the first week of the campaign starting, I'd already reached out to the leadership of CPS Energy, SAWS, NVIA, and subsequently met with the CEOs of both CPS and SAWS and with leadership with VIA um, to make sure that I had a clear understanding of where their organization was at, where they saw their priorities as it relates to their interface with the city, um, and where there might be opportunities to uh, improve things, which is where that council consideration recommendation came from was conversations I had with that leadership plus my knowledge of the city's existing policies. Um, in talking with Rudy Garza, um, one of the topics that we talked about was the Vision 2027, which is their their new um, plan for how to provide energy to San Antonians for the foreseeable future. And um, I will tell you, they, the, the CPS board prioritized above all else, reliability, right? At the end of the day, uh, CPS energy's priority, council's priority, everyone's priority is the lights stay on, right? Above all else, lights need to stay on. 
After that, there was consideration of, all right, how can we do this efficiently? How can we do this cost effectively? Um, all those were factors that played in, but, but the top priority was we need to make sure everything stays on. Um, to the extent we can, assuming ERCOT doesn't siphon off all of our uh, power to power other cities. <laughs> right, or, or have the uh, Christmas lights on at the Riverwalk while everybody <laughs> else is without power. That was, yeah, that that was, was so... Yeah. Man. <laughs> not, not ideal. No, um, it wasn't a good, good look. At no. all. Um, but to that point, so one of the big issues with the spruce plants is um, that they are aging and the cost to keep them up and running was becoming substantial. And so that was one of the driving forces behind opting to um, phase them out is the fact that they're costing money that could be otherwise spent on um, cleaner, more reliable fuel sources. So I think the blend they've got now that they're working towards of a combination of natural gas, solar, wind, and batteries is, is a good mixed solution that provides a bunch of different fallbacks. So if any one source fails, you've got other sources available to pick up the slack. And yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's the right trajectory for San Antonians. I think it is a path that will ensure we're, we have the power on um, and a path that ensures that we're doing things in a way that's fiscally responsible. Well, and then you also, there was this, this came up the other day. It's, do you have the hospitals not in the lower income neighborhoods? And usually those hospital grids don't fail because they, they want to have to keep those on. Right. So we have a lot of these uh, poor neighborhoods without these hospitals, which could benefit one, just having a hospital there in general, but two, making sure that the power doesn't go out if something like that happens. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think that something that San Antonio should push for a hospital or do you think that they will get a hospital in D, you know, D5, D, D2, D3 or anything like that? Sure. I mean, it, access to healthcare is certainly something that all San Antonians deserve. Um, and especially when you look at poor neighborhoods where they may not have access to a personal vehicle to drive. And so they're reliant on um, bus transportation or walking or biking or whatever else. Um, equitably distributing those resources throughout the community is certainly important. Um, but to the point of CPS energy and, and grids going on and off, I think the answer there is we need more granular circuits that allow us to um, allow us to turn off the things that are not critical and leave on the things that are. And I know CPS Energy and SAWS as well, for that matter, have done a lot of work since um, Winter Storm Uri to address a lot of those needs where we had, for example, pump stations that lost power. Obviously, that's something in addition to hospitals that need to stay on yeah. so that we can keep water pressure up so we don't get boil orders so that folks have the water they need to drink. Um, so that there has been a huge amount of work since Winter Storm Uri in talking with that leadership to make sure that a lot of those kinds of gaps in dealing with things the best way that they should have been dealt with will be possible in the hopefully unlikely event that we have something that extreme happen again. Yeah. Um, so it's it, certainly opportunities to improve both on the equitable distribution of hospitals and then on the energy management side of things as well. Right. Um, can you explain um, to people what a CCR is and that you don't need to be elected into office to, to be able to do something like that and why it would be beneficial for somebody to do it? Absolutely. So a, a CCR, um, Council Consideration Recommendation, is a document that normally a sitting council person would prepare 
which outlines a policy that they would like to see changed. Um, and so uh, you saw one of those come out recently. We we're talking about St. Mary's Strip. There was a CCR that Councilman Bravo put together that basically outlined a proposal that he requested city staff review that would hold contractors accountable when uh, they're responsible for going and developing an area. And um, if they were not doing what they needed to be doing, um, certain uh, penalties would be applied. So basically it is a directive to staff to review and provide a recommendation based on the priorities outlined in that document. So in the case of my CCR, um, I identify a number of different ways that CPS Energy and SAWS and their interactions with the city incur millions of unnecessary dollars in cost. So one concrete example within that CCR, and <clears throat> these can all be found on dan4d7.com policy. Again, dan, the number 4d7.com policy. We've got these two CCRs publicly available right now. Um, but for this one, we're looking at uh, one of the biggest cost savings there is how billing is handled. Mm -hmm. So if you look at um, the CPS energy bill you get every month, you'll notice there's a waste management line item. Waste management has nothing to do with CPS energy, uh, but the city recognized that it was not cost effective for them to handle their own billing for this line item. And so instead they opted to consolidate that activity down to CPS energy. CPS energy turns around and gives the money to the city, right? Mm. Um, but by further consolidating and bringing that SAWS billing under the umbrella of a single municipal bill, you reduce the need for computer systems to support two different billing systems. You reduce the need to mail out paper bills twice per month. Um, you reduce the cybersecurity um, implications of having two different attack vectors where someone right. can come in and potentially compromise the uh, billing information for San Antonians. And so across the board, it, it um, is a cost savings and it should improve the uh, quality of life for folks who are relying on these systems, right? Because mm -hmm. Now you don't have to mess with, all right, well, which bill am I? It's just one bill, right? You yeah. pay your bill. You have line items that tell you which thing you're paying for free, so you still have all the same detail, but it's just one bill. Right. Um, there's also um, recommendations in there regarding um, how the city currently handles inspections for city-owned utilities. Um, right now, in talking with both uh, Robert and Rudy, there's there's a lot of instances where these inspections result in CPS or SAW staff sitting for hours waiting for an inspection of something that a city-owned utility performed. Um, and then you've got these inspectors who could just as easily be out inspecting other developments that are not mm. performed by city-owned utilities. Yeah. And so on both sides, you've got huge amounts of just idle time that is, you're paying for labor for someone to sit there in the Waste. truck. You're paying for that truck to sit there and idle for two hours. Um, there's, there's all these different costs that you incur by having that. And so while we still need to hold these folks accountable, we still need to have processes in place to perform inspections. It does not necessarily need to be at the same level of rigor that we might inspect an external entity that's performing the equivalent action, right? Yeah. And so looking at opportunities to save costs there. And that one I left a little more open and, and simply asked city staff to evaluate and um, determine where there are opportunities to streamline that process. Um, so it, as a non-sitting council member, it can't be submitted yet. Um, but these are my promise to the residents of District 7 that on day one in office, I'm ready to get to work. And um, I'm committed to on day one, getting those finalized and submitted and um, running through to uh, hopefully turn into policy that uh, is uh, saving taxpayer dollars and allowing us to invest in things we need to be spending money on like roads. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the weird thing is that that a lot of the city council position that that's what it's supposed to be for maintaining infrastructure, but we're worried about a baseball stadium and stuff like that. So. As you can tell, I'm not really for this baseball scene. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I, I thought I might have gotten that impression, but I couldn't quite tell her. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, it's just one of those proper use of taxpayer money. And it's just, man, out of all these things that have happened in the city, you know, wasted money. It's just, man, when, when is this going to stop? You know, but it is what it is. I mean, and hopefully people would, will, voice their concerns and if people want it then people want it you know but it's just man all these things that are happening um what's your take on the house's population about how do you feel that you can fix i'm not asking you to fix it but <laughs> everybody house you get a house you get a house no but um how are you going to tackle that um Short answer is uh, we probably don't have enough time in this uh, interview to answer I that don't question. No, <laughs> <laughs> no so I, I will point to some of my existing experience and how it relates to this problem, and then I'll talk a little bit about some of the directions I think we could go to improve the situation. Um, so I am a founding member of the Housing Commission's Renter Solutions Subcommittee, um, focused specifically on um, rental operations. Um, so as a landlord myself. Um, I came in with that perspective of um, the the whole purpose of the subcommittee was to identify policies that can protect renters. Um, So I'm I'm thrilled to see the um, Renters Bill of Rights come through. I think it's a great way to make sure that folks know what their rights are. Um, Sorry. Somebody get him a water <laughs> or a margarita. <laughs> there we go. Start early. Um, uh, so, uh, so building policy that we would then recommend the housing commission, which in turn would yeah. be recommended to the council to make sure that renters are being treated fairly. Um, and I think if you look at the folks in the most precarious situations in terms of having housing today, Unquestionably, it's it's the folks that are renting, right? Which is nearly half of the total residents of District Seven, and I think more broadly the city of San Antonio, but certainly in Seven, I know SA Twenty Twenty has identified that um, as uh, it, it's, I think it's forty eight point something percent of the residents. So a huge percentage that um, are potentially living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I know I speaking to a number of the tenants that I myself have, they're all working class folks. Um, going paycheck to paycheck and a lot of times it requires some grace in terms of uh, working with them on on when they can get things through and and um but it's it's it, it's an important population that a lot of times gets forgotten yeah and i know i know something recently just came out and i can't remember if it was here or in texas that um they're going to start pushing for if if landlords do not have a safe environment or something they're going to start getting fees um so i guess they're they're trying to be because san antonio is becoming a renter city i mean just look at the the stats on it like in 2019 it was 47 percent renters 52 percent you know homeowners but pretty sure that's flipped since since covid you know so i mean i don't like it that we're becoming a renter city but it is that's what's happening well, and I think a lot of that points to the 
so it's no secret San Antonio is the poorest major city, right? Um, it's this terrible record of uh, economic disparity. And, uh, you know, owning your own home is the best thing economically that you can do for yourself if you have the finances to do it, right? <clears throat> and so as you see poverty grow and home ownership decrease, you see folks less equipped to participate in the economy. Um, and so it, it's definitely a, a trend that is concerning. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, so tell us about a hobby of yours. I know you said <laughs> running, but yeah. Anything um, else? Uh, I do enjoy a craft beer on occasion. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite type? Uh, so uh, my uh, my favorite beer at the moment. And, and yes, there's more than just Bud Light, people. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're going uh, non-craft, then Dos Equis is my go-to. Okay. If we're going craft, then uh, Dragon's Milk is uh, delicious. So it's a dark, boozy kind of a beer. Um, oh, so thick and just, it's, it's delicious. Like a stout? Yeah. A stout? yeah. Okay. Uh, any, other, any other beers like the... Like a Coles or a Hefeweizen, or so or you like the dark ones. I, I like the dark okay. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like molasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, those are my preference. Yeah, <laughs> you look at it, you're like, I can't even see through the glass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm British. I don't know if you know that. No, no. So I'm a first generation American. My parents are both British, um, and so uh, I think Guinness is kind of in my blood. I think that's where, um, maybe where it comes from. Yeah. Guinness, uh, Beamish. They had Beamish in Ireland, and uh, it was thicker than Guinness. And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's why that's why you Irish talk like this." <laughs> that's the accent coming out now. <laughs> yeah, crab beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, not too. Just that way I don't get copyrighted. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that's awesome. And any other any other hobbies? Uh, home renovations. So I love DIY. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love DIY. I love swinging a sledgehammer any chance I can. Um, I've been renovating my own home. You know, it's, it's funny what they say about a mechanic. His car never works, right? Oh, um, I know. Yeah. So with uh, managing all the other rental properties that I operate, um, my own personal residence has been uh, an <laughs> ongoing effort for many, many years now. I've still uh, not got baseboards in. My floor is almost done. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's how... Um, I used to work on engines, on jet engines, and you know, working on a car on a car. I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. It's boring. Right? It's boring. <laughs> and then I, I, I was a photographer for a while, and then I went and take family pictures. Like, just I'm like, what am I gonna do? Just selfie it the whole time, you know? It, it's just frustrating. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so if you want to have your home re- renovated, um, Dan's. The, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say Dan's the man. Uh, Dan <laughs> I've never is heard your, that one before. Dan is your person. <laughs> the D stands for demolish. <laughs> See, it's it, inevitably the demolition is way more fun than rebuilding it after the fact. Oh, uh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your take on eminent domain? Um, it is an important tool. Um, you know, we need it. We talked about infrastructure before. There are going to be instances where we need a wider road just to accommodate the needs of people. 
but it should certainly be a last resort. Um, uh, we don't want to use it outside of an actual need to benefit um, the citizens and everything else around it. Um, I think on the same, on the flip side of that, I think that folks who want to be um, members of the society within a uh, incorporated city need to acknowledge that that is part of part of what you sign up for, right? Um, so I, if we talk about um, some of the recent examples there where the city's offered millions more than uh, what the property is actually worth, I, I think at some point you have to um, accept that the municipality has acted in the best interest of that individual and, and at some point it gets ridiculous so i think you got to draw that line somewhere yeah but the, the thing is that to be honest with you they should never have even brought up the property tax protests for moses roses that, that shouldn't even be brought up and it was brought up and i think that was kind of shady no, I, that happening because yeah <laughs> that has no record of how you're going to resell your home. Like, so even if you resell your home, you protest your property taxes. Cause I've heard this argument several times for people that, Oh, I don't want to protest my taxes. That's going to lower my evaluation. Yeah, ridiculous. Yes, it is for you for not paying taxes, but that's, that does not mean that you cannot sell your home more than that. Correct. So Correct. It, it's just, it's and yes. I a hundred percent agree. That's not a valid argument. Um, that's, that's, uh, the appraisal of the property is what's relevant. The, protests i protest my taxes all the time and uh certainly expect to sell for more than what i'm protesting to get right it's right. You, you play both sides of it and, and everyone protests every year every, every year. time period do it yes every year <laughs> uh, so yes every yeah. guy 100 percent agree that's not a valid piece of the argument yeah for sure um rosemary says what's your favorite craft soda Ooh, that's a good one. I think I'm going to have to go with the classic, just cream soda. And that's, uh, I think that's what it's called, right? Just the, it's kind of creamy, old-timey. So. Yeah, because I think they have like, um, there's some that I see floating around. Some, some of those, they have like the, you know, the dispensers, but. Yeah, and I think when I went to. Like Main Root or something like that. I know Cracker Barrel, I think, has a good selection. I haven't been in years, but I think they've got a whole uh, closet of a bunch of them. And I need to go back and try more of them because most of them are pretty delicious. Yeah. And then uh, Rosemary, I see what you're trying to do, Rosemary. Shameless plug. Uh, my brother, <laughs> Andrew, is co-founder of Southside Craft Soda. Um, have you had their so, so South, Southside Craft Soda? I have not. What was the name again? Southside, Southside Craft Soda. You're going to have to check uh, them out. I have not, but I will my, check them out, Rosemary. My favorite's the uh, Texacola. It's Coke with honey in Ooh. it. It's, it's really good. I, that 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 is really good. Um, uh, and then she said it's bottled at at Alamo Beer. So oh, I love that. That's nice. That's a, a All partnership, local. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Veronica, any tips for protesting our value? The increases have gotten out of control. Yes, yeah, there's several tips, several um, seminars. Uh, I did one a while back. There's also the city is doing several seminars as well. Uh, any pro any tips that you want to give? Yeah, sure. So it, first of all, definitely go to those seminars. Um, I think this is the first year that the city of San Antonio proper has 
facilitated these opportunities to meet with tax pros. I know a lot of the council offices have independently done it in the past, but this is a great opportunity to definitely hit those up. Um, the biggest pointer, having gone to a lot of those myself and protested every year, um, the biggest pointer I will give you is highlight the reasons why your home is less than what they would assume from just looking from a drone overhead, right? So if you've got um, rotting siding, right? If you've got any deferred maintenance you have, if you've got foundation issues, those are the kinds of things that are not going to come up in the way that Bear Appraisal District determines what your value should be. So if you can identify those, anything, all those things that you look at and think, man, I really should fix that someday, highlight those, highlight those, and also make sure when you fill out that form, they get, there's a PDF you can fill out online and submit. Make sure when you fill it out, you request the comps that they use to determine your value. That's critical to making sure you have the information you need to most effectively fight for what your appraisal should be. Yeah, even if you have a crusty toilet, that's fine. Um, <laughs> put that in there. <laughs> I will add to even better, if you have an issue like foundation, and you have a quote from a contractor to fix it, then that dollar amount is a great tool for you to use. Say, hey, they said it's gonna be $20,000 to fix the foundation. You need to knock that off of my appraisal because that's something I gotta do, yeah. for example. Yeah, and um, always do the second protest. There's an initial protest, which is an informal, and then you have a formal protest. Always go to that because they said 88% of the people stop at the initial protest. And you can do both of those. Um, you do your initial protest online, as well as your follow-up to your formal. You could do that online as well. And you don't even have to go into the to to the location down at Bear County Appraisal. You actually can go online and do it. And then your formal protest, they just do it over the phone. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was able to pro uh, bring down my taxes sixty-four thousand nice. dollars. And uh, granted, you're only seeing like fifteen hundred two thousand dollars that you have to you know adjust but that's still it's still money that's going back in your pocket and not not to the city so and, and every time you don't protest it's going up on top of what you already had right so it compounds every time you don't do it um it's all that much worse the next time <laughs> they're like well you didn't do it last year so apparently you're okay with it <laughs> no i'm not okay <laughs> um uh, da, da, da. Rosemary said, oh, it's three flavors, Texacola, Limoncito, and Root, be root Bear. Root Bear, that's <laughs> cute. Flavor of Bear? Root bear yeah, right? Root Bear. <laughs> well, Bear County, Bear County. Oh, it's spelled yeah. that way, right? Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, and then Rosemary says, excellent input, get estimates. I'm going out to do that. Yes, and it should be coming up here soon. So you should be receiving your um, letter. Uh, probably like in April or something or next month. And then uh, it's simple. If you don't have a, a pin, call and ask for a pin. You go on there, you put in, it'll show you what your evaluation is at. Just say, I disagree. And then they'll send you a response saying, hey, this is what we're going to value at. They're going to drop it $5,000. Don't take it. It's clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> don't take it. Um, and then just go ahead and, and uh, deny it. And then just value it at what you think it is. And then they'll send you a, a formal protest hearing. Um, they make it so, like, intimidating. Yeah. Especially if you're in person. There's, like, four people. And then there's a person over here. And they're like, do you swear to tell the truth? Like, 
like, come on. <laughs> it's like, come on now. So, but yeah, it's just, uh, this is, this is my advice to people. Look at your house. Like when you first looked at your house, were you looking for a house and you're not a renovator? <laughs> you're like, oh, I can fix that. No, look at it like you're like, this has to be a already done house. What's wrong with it? Look for all the cracks. Look for, again, the crusted toilets. Uh, you know, anything that you have, like foundation work, anything that's inside as well, your appliances, put that on there. That'll help. So, 100%. Yeah. Um, root, root bear, yeah. <laughs> Veronica likes the root bear. Name. That, is, that, is, that is cool. I didn't notice that. Um, mes- Ew, it's made with mesquite beans. Mm. Interesting. Nice. Um, okay, so tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, donate, uh, block walk with you, um, you know, in this lovely weather. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, it, all the information about the campaign, you can go to dan4d7.com. You can also find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'll tell you, Facebook is, is where we're most active in terms of making sure we've got all of the day-to-day information. So definitely go follow over there so that you can hear all the latest and greatest. Um, if you'd like to make a financial contribution, uh, we can only get this message out through uh, your help and support. Um, so definitely go on to dan4d7.com and contribute what you can. Even $5 makes a huge difference. Um, also, if you have any questions you want to follow up, feel free to message either through Facebook or through the website. Um, any and all of those, I field all my own emails, and so you'll be talking directly to me. Um, if you want to sit down and chat, I've, I've gone out to a number of different homes throughout the district when folks wanted to sit down and talk about whatever their needs were, so I'm happy to do that as well. So um, please don't hesitate to reach out. Love to talk with y'all and hear what your needs are. And um, let's uh, get it done. Get it done. What's your, do you have a campaign motto? <laughs> uh, fix Bandera Road, fix Glaber Road. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. Hashtag. Right? Hashtag, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag fix, fix SA. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. And again, um, Dan came out again. Uh, we, we did interview him couple weeks ago but it was my fault and we had technical issues audio issues so uh, thank you for coming back out um that really speaks to what kind of person you are i appreciate that because um you know just the fact that you willing to come on but to willing to come back uh i appreciate it because uh that just means that you're you're willing to to do whatever it needs to be done to to talk um you don't get that a lot from from people so I appreciate no, it's, it. It's my pleasure. And thank you, Eric, for doing Alamo City Agenda. This is such a great resource for folks to be able to get informed. Um, I think we, we have a number of folks who just don't have the opportunity to get informed because they don't have the time or they don't have whatever else. You know, things things happen. People have lives. Yeah. Um, and so this is amazing that you're doing this and, and making it so accessible for people to really understand what these campaigns are about. Thank you. Yeah. And we try to have fun, you know. Um, so that's the whole point. Um, right now, I'm going to go get a burrito. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, stay tuned. I'm not sure. Again, like I said, I'm not sure we're going to have it. Uh, another interview or not. I'm going to find out. Um, hopefully we are. But if not, probably just pack up here in a little while. But uh, come on by if you want to. Support Stu Stuff Burritos. Support Dan if you want to. Um, 
and uh, yeah, just stay tuned for any more interviews. We'll be doing D3 soon. Uh, I really want to go to the Stinson. I really want to go there. So uh, feel free to come on by. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Um, and thank you. You've been watching Almost a DJ. Thank you.